The reading is taken from Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. The Resurrection. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus Christ is alive. Hallelujah. You know, often I think we're tempted to view the story of Easter, Good Friday, and the crucifixion as one in which on Good Friday everything went wrong. I think we're tempted to view Good Friday and the crucifixion as a moment whenever somehow God lost control. And in that moment, in that time, in that crucifixion of Jesus, that actually darkness won. And then somehow God stepped in to try and clean up a really bad situation. But that's not what happened on Good Friday. The cross of Jesus Christ is the symbol of victory. The reason why the central cross of Christianity is a cross and not an empty tomb is because the cross is the place of victory. I think we're so used in our lives to the, the Disney stories which have a low point when it looks as if the villain and darkness is going to win, and then somehow, some way, there comes a happy ending. And I think so often in Christian faith, we view the resurrection as the happy ending and the crucifixion as the point where somehow God was defeated. Nothing could be further from the truth. The central cross, the central symbol of Christianity is the cross. The cross is the place where life springs up. I love the symbol that we have here on Easter Sunday of the cross bedecked with greenery and flowers because this is where life springs up for us as human beings. The crucifixion of Jesus is the moment of victory over death and sin. Yes, it's, it's true and it's terrible that Jesus, an innocent man, God in the flesh, was crucified. And he was crucified because the most powerful state on earth at that time, the Roman Empire, with the most sophisticated legal system, failed. Justice was abandoned and an innocent man was executed. 
It's also true that the most sophisticated religious system on earth, that of the Jewish people, rejected their own Lord. It's also a terrible thing that his closest friends betrayed and deserted him. But Jesus willingly went to Jerusalem knowing that he was going to be crucified. He willingly waited for his betrayer to arrive knowing that he would be crucified. And as it says in Acts chapter 4 verse 28, all of this, all of this, every single detail was determined by forehand by the Lord's will. Everything transpired on Good Friday exactly the way God had chosen it and predetermined it to be. Jesus on the cross is the place of victory over the forces of evil, including our own sinfulness. Evil, in the midst of those dark hours, does its worst and is defeated. It is overwhelmed by the just, powerful love of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Over these last few months, we've been reading Immersed Beginnings, the first five books of the Bible. At the start of that, we read about God's beautiful creation being spoiled by our corruption, human corruption. And yet there's this wonderful thread, the theme, the main theme that's running through it all is there's a promise of justice and restoration, that everything will be made right, that there is a new start coming. And the expectation of the Jewish people was that at the very end of history, God eventually would step in and say, enough is enough, and that He would bring judgment down from the Jewish perspective generally on the other nations. And yet, the prophets foretold that every human being was going to have an opportunity for forgiveness, but also every human being would be judged. What the Jewish people didn't expect, what none of us expected, was that God would step in, not at the end of history, but right in the middle of history. That judgment was brought forward into the middle of history. That the breaking in of God's kingdom was brought forward into the middle of history. That God in the flesh stepped into the middle of history. And so, on the cross, in those dark hours, evil, our sinfulness and brokenness and corruption and selfishness were born by, were held by, were that Christ Himself became our brokenness. Christ Himself became our sin and judgment happened on the cross. Judgment for our brokenness, judgment for our sin, and judgment came from God, and it came upon the sins, the brokenness, the sinfulness that God in the flesh Himself had become.
Hallelujah. And so mercy has triumphed over justice and over judgment. In the middle of history, Jesus, a man from the town of Nazareth, God in the flesh, so pure and so loving and so truthful that we just couldn't cope with him. Justice was done. No wonder in those dark hours, as darkness fell upon the land, the Father seemed distant in that moment. And Jesus, quoting the start of Psalm 22, cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So often we interpret that as, as a moment of defeat. It's actually the moment of victory. We read Psalm 22 at the end of our tenebrae service here on Friday night and extinguished a series of lights, including finally the Christ light, indicating the fact that darkness was progressing. And yet, the redemptive work of God means this, that God takes the very worst. He lets all the very worst come to Him. He lets evil have its moment, evil to exercise and flex its muscles to the very limit of its strength. And yet, in that moment, as evil is judged, it is overwhelmed by the generosity and grace of God, by the justice of God. Psalm 22 is a song of praise that despite appearances, the Lord reigns. That's what Jesus Christ was shouting out on the cross. Despite appearances, He was saying, God reigns. It's a song of praise. It's a cry of dereliction as that psalm begins. But one, I invite you to read through it. It explains so well what is happening on the cross as the psalm and song moves through, as so many of the psalms do, it begins with a place of reality and pain and saying, God, this is a dreadful situation. And yet it moves into recognition that our God is a faithful God. He has been faithful to the generations before us. He will not cease to be faithful now. He'll be faithful now and in the future the declaration that I will declare in the whole assembly, the fact that my God is my God. And then it finishes with those wonderful words, He has done it. It's a victory psalm. It's a victory psalm that declares that no matter how dark this moment appears, the singer of the psalm is saying, God reigns. Hallelujah. As Bishop Leslie Newbegin said, the resurrection is not the reversal of a defeat, but the proclamation of a victory. Jesus Christ is alive. More than that, He is risen. He will never again taste death. He is alive in a way that we will find it hard at this moment to fully comprehend. 
Jesus Christ is victorious over sin and hell and death. Judgment has come ahead of time. The kingdom of God has come ahead of time. Forgiveness for us has come ahead of time. And the power to live a new life has come ahead of time. This is our story. This is our song. We are baptized into this reality, leaving our old lives behind and beginning a new life with Him. As Romans 6, 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. If you're a follower of Christ, if you believe that Christ came and we needed Him to come, you needed Him to come. You needed Him to take the judgment on your behalf. If you believe that Christ took your judgment on your behalf, then judgment at the end of the age need have no fear for you. It need have no dread for you. At the heart of Christianity is this wonderful window of opportunity that Christ stepped into the middle of history to give us, and it is this. Judgment will come, but if we are willing to trust in Jesus Christ, then judgment has already happened. And in Christ we have been found innocent. Hallelujah. Mark's going to come to sing.